Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Um, we may not be sipping bourbon tonight, but uh, we're getting into another favorite cocktail. I don't know if I could say kind of liqueur area of mine. Uh, we're joined by Louis Catazone uh, from St. Agrestus uh, up in up in Brooklyn. Louis, how's it going up there, man? It's it's great. It's cold, colder than I think it is where you guys are. Where where are you guys yeah. centralized out of? So south. so I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> Dan's in Raleigh. I'm probably the most fortunate. I think Dan got uh, I don't know two or three inches of snow over mm-hmm. the weekend, and uh, you know we're hovering around the uh, high 40s and sunny uh, temperatures in Atlanta. So not not too bad. Not good, too bad. good, good. Happy perfect, to hear. Uh, per- perfect weather for a Negroni. <laughs> perfect weather for a Negroni or. Honestly, or a bourbon, but either way, or, or a bourbon, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more. So, so, uh, so, Louis, I, you know, I, I caught you on a couple other shows. Um, you know, I, I've seen this on the shelf, and uh, we uh, we're, we're pretty transparent. So, just I'm going to throw it out there, right? A huge Negroni guy, uh, you know. And, and when you think Negronis, I mean, what's the one of the first ingredients that pop in your mind is probably Campari. And, and often, many times, many times I'm looking for, I've looked for, and I've tasted a lot of them, uh, substitute bitters. What am I going to use to replace Campari with? Just because to mix it up and try something different. And my friend, uh, you, you, you guys have, uh, have made a hell of a substitute here, bud. Thank you very much. I, uh, it, it wasn't easy. There's a reason why folks keep going back to Campari and it's, it's because for so long there's been something that's excited, excitedly launched in the U S or been homegrown. And then you taste it in a Negroni and it, it falls short. Uh, the, the, the goal was to kind of stop that trend of things that should work in a Negroni, but, but don't, uh, so yeah, we, this is the Inferno bitter is, is really our tribute to Campari. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you enjoy Cal. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. And uh, so before we get into that, we're already tasting a little bit, but before we, uh, before we, you take us through a tour of, of, the, uh, of the spirits that you've sent us, um, let's talk a little about St. Agrestus. What is it? What's, what's happening? And more importantly, um, you guys started at a very opportune time, sir. I mean, if you could have only seen right around the corner what was coming your way, mm. uh, where would we be? Uh, yeah, I mean, we probably were a touch too early, but, but it's better to be a touch too early than way too early or to be too late. So, uh, but yes, we, St. Agrestus has been around since 2014 and, and just with Amaro in 2014. Now we didn't launch, we didn't launch our Negronis. Uh, this was our second release until the bottle Negroni came out in 2018, summer of 2018, actually late spring. Um, but it was warm out. So it felt like summer. Uh, the St. Agrestus Negroni kind of hit the market as really a first of its kind, ready to drink premium cocktail. There's a lot of them now, uh, to probably to, to, to you're alluding to that by saying, if we only saw what was around the corner, but also obviously I'm sure that's referring to COVID a little bit as well. And at home drinking mm-hmm. now this thing uh has really proven to be our most important product our 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 negroni but 
it took a long time to get Negroni drinkers to be down with a ready to drink option. Mm. They didn't want it. They were really skeptical. And I get it. They're amongst the most discerning drinkers. I mean, bourbon drinkers, Negroni drinkers. I feel like they have that in common where it's like anything that's off putting about one of the a Negroni is sacred to a Negroni drinker, just as bourbon is sacred to a bourbon drinker. Uh, but we, uh, we, we had to convince people one by one for a long time that you could get a really good Negroni in a bottle. And uh, the work has been not completed, but at least we've paved the way to me being able to sleep at night and pay my rent and live my life. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, uh, so that's, I mean, that's a, a little bit of the story, but as far as like, you want to hear about this, the St. Agrestis family a little bit? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so St. Agrestis is, is a, a partnership amongst myself, uh, my, my business partner, Stephen D'Angelo, uh, side by side, we developed all of, all of these products together. Stephen's been in the, in the booze world f- for longer than I have. He started the distillery that we operate out of with a brand called Greenhook, which is an awesome gin brand. It is the gin that goes into our Negroni as well. Um, couple years into the operation, I convinced my brother, Matt, who actually was, he had a pretty cool gig um, working for BMW, traveling around from golf course to golf course around the country, kind of like getting people. I knew we'd work golf in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had, they give him like a $150,000 car that either was about to be released or just was uh. released. And he'd drive around from golf course to golf course, uh, you know, getting people to test drive it and talking up the car. And somehow BMW couldn't keep them. Uh, So I came in and stole them. Uh, Believe it or not, uh, I convinced him to move to California and kind of start up our West Coast operation. His title was Voyager for the first two years. He worked for St. Agrestis. It still says it on the website, but that's 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 changed at this point. The reason he's called Voyager is because he didn't have a home. Uh, literally, we, we Airbnb'd him. The, the state of California is big and vast, and there's a lot of opportunity for brands like 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 ours so we're like i don't know san francisco this month la next month san diego the month after that and he just did that for two years until the pandemic hit and he was like well that doesn't work anymore so we shipped him back to brooklyn uh but yeah uh (laughs) and uh rude awakening you're back home yeah and and of course it was cold and wet in 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 new york when he got back in march of 2020 but he is uh he's still here we're not sending him back he's become a very important part of the like kind of like headquarters team here um and then we got like a big network of some part-time people and our full-time production guy fernando is is the heart and soul of the operation without him i wouldn't have time to do things like this uh because he's 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 a magician uh a chef is magician making sure that we keep up with demand and the quality is where where it, where it needs to be um and that's that's kind of the the saint agrestis family so so when you started in 2014 with just the amaro well before we get go down that road so um you want to give us the definition or, or define um what's the difference between vermouth and amaro Ooh, so how long do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, we got we got a little while. <laughs> uh, 
okay, so kind of blurred lines, and it depends on who you talk to. There's just like there is in whiskey. There there are purists in in Amaro. There are the nerdiest of Amaro nerds, and and a lot of them, especially in Italy, would kind of separate vermouth and amaro and apertivi into like three different buckets um i think that's overly complicated for americans who are just trying in a lot of cases to get to understand this category for the first time you know maybe there's a master class that we can dive into that for but at the end of the day vermouth is wine-based amaro maybe it's a wine-based apertivo but it's wine-based it's got a bitter element to it and it's fortified with herbal extractions amaro is herbal extractions now you could have wine-based amaro that sounds like vermouth to me this is a wine-based apertivo the paradiso that is a product that could have been classified as vermouth as well um so at the end of the day with this category, I think we just got to kind of keep it at there's different base spirits for mm. these things. And then there's, there's, or it could be based in wine. And at the end of the day, there's a bittersweet herbal element to them. And the word Amaro is Italian, but something like Jägermeister is Amaro. At the end of the day, it's right. just German Amaro, so they don't call it Amaro. Um, you could say the same thing about Chartreuse. Uh, these that's yeah. a French, a French Amaro. Um, and the word Amer, which is the word for bitter in French, Amaro uh, in Italian, Amargo in Spanish. This word ex- exists as a definition for liqueurs in, in many different cultures outside of Italy as well. But Amaro has become such a prolific category, uh, partially because of the rise of things like the Negroni. But to simplify it, I try to, I was, my, my, my dad's from Italy, but like, he's not, he's not a snob about like the definition of things as they have to be historically. Um, I've gotten in trouble saying things like this about the Italians before. Um, but I, I love that they honor the traditions the way they do. But I think for the purposes of educating people, vermouth has a wine base and vermouth to some people is a four letter word in America because everyone's had a vermouth experience, whereas not everyone's had an Amaro experience. And sometimes those first vermouth experiences were a dusty bottle of grandma or grandpa's vermouth that was used for Manhattan like 40 years ago and hasn't been refrigerated and is only half full, so totally oxidized. Mm. That's that's no good. And (laughs) if that's your experience with vermouth, you're going to think it's bad. I'm kind of thankful that in the U.S., we kind of are just learning what Amaro is without having to reverse any preconceived notions of what a first experience with Amaro might have been that wasn't pleasant. And maybe for, to, to some degree, we're, we should be happy that Jägermeister doesn't call itself Amaro for that reason, too. Well, yeah. Jägermeister is probably happy that they don't call themselves Amaro because I don't know that it would be the uh, the drink that it is today. The the marketing aspect of it, right? As as an Amaro, I don't know that they would have uh, they would have made it there. So I'm speaking of. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have a little pour of this if you don't mind. There may nice. be an order you want to go in, but uh, you know we could go in order of lightest to heaviest, which would have us finishing with Amaro. But right. we don't okay. have to do that. No, I already we went to the Amaro. <laughs> Go to it. I, I already did. I, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, go to it. I, I, look, this stuff is all. All my flavors are pretty, pretty bold. And mm-hmm. there's some people who would say go from higher alcohol to lower alcohol. Which if 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 those people are listening, we're doing it that way. Uh, uh, we're, hey, we're we're not rookies here. We've been down this road before. Yeah. Uh, so 
I didn't create St. Agrestus Amaro, nor, nor did my business partner. This story is actually kind of interesting. Mm. Um, St. Agrestus Amaro was created by two sommeliers. Um, oh, wow. You guys familiar with the, the, the fancy term sommelier? Oh, yeah. and do you oh, think yeah. your, audi- your audience, I'm sure, is as well? Or should we? Uh, no, should we- no, they're probably good. not, but we are. Okay. <laughs> So I figured that uh, sommelier or shortened to SOM is, is a wine connoisseur, a wine professional, someone who studied and has classification certification to, uh, to, to talk about wine. Um, two sommeliers based in New York uh, created this Amaro in 2014 called St. Agrestis after a trip to Italy that sommeliers often take to learn about different vineyards, different importers, portfolios. Um, they fell in love with regional Amari. They fell in love with each other and they came back and they started St. Agrestus Amaro as their like kind of love child. And a couple of years into it, the, the operation, um, was, was really beloved by a, a cult following. Um, but they decided that that they wanted to to do other things. Now I started to hear that the brand was disappearing and that people couldn't get it necessarily. Um, and with my business partner, Steven, we, uh, we, we reached out and, and wanted to see if they would let us keep that brand alive. And in 2017, the ownership of the brand transferred from the two founders to Steven and myself. So we didn't create this original recipe. Um, we've, we've done a couple of process changes mm. but we haven't tweaked the actual ingredient or botanical recipe mm. that they created because mm. we i i adored it as a as just a consumer i was on the distribution side of the business and i was gifting saint agrestus i loved it i thought it was super cool um so it came in a different looking bottle it was a squat bottle white label um but uh when we bought the brand we had visions to launch things like this negroni mm-hmm. and the other products that y- you guys can see on our website or that you have in front of you there um so we wanted the brand to be uniform and this more you know classic art deco e 1970s vibe was the vibe that we decided to to opt for this Very is good cool. i don't even ask where the uh, the bottle came from and the idea behind it you just <laughs> want it out there for us man keep keep rolling <laughs> he answers the question behind the question for sure. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been asked these questions before. I know which one's coming next. No, it's, it's, uh, it, I feel like I, I, I always feel like sometimes I get off uh, a conversation like this and I haven't paid tribute to the founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they created St. Agrestis and, and I think it's, it's worthwhile for me to, to remember that, uh, and, and give them that nod. Uh, so I'm making sure that I don't end a call like this or a conversation like this without mentioning Nick and Fairley's names. They yeah, created fantastic. They yeah. Created. Yeah. yeah. No, no, well, well deserved for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would, uh, you know, just in tasting this and, and, uh, we'll let, uh, you know, we'll let the professional give his thoughts in just a second. Um, you know, the first thing that I get on the nose, I mean, it's just that, you know, it, it's that licorice spice clove, uh, oddly enough, I'm getting like kind of some cedar wood out of this thing. I don't, I don't, maybe it's not cedar wood. Maybe it's, um, maybe sandalwood or something, but I, I don't know. There's some woody note or texture that I'm kind of getting out of this thing. So, uh, a question for you. And then, uh, if, if you want to talk about, you know, what's, what, sh- and I guess, should you be tasting is kind of a, uh, th- there is no, should you, right? It, it's, you should be tasting whatever you're tasting. Sometimes it's hard to describe, right? I mean, and, and, and if you're, if you're, if you haven't had a lot of experiences with Amaro, 
then, you know, there could be some things that you're picking up and it's like, wait a minute, I, I know that from somewhere. I just don't know what it is. Uh, but is the uh, the St. Agresta Samara, Louis, is it uh, a, new, a neutral based spirit? Is that where we start or? Yeah, St. Agresta Samara starts with the cane distillate neutral based spirit. So cane from the U.S. Virgin Islands distilled to 190 proof. And then and then we proof down each of the 20 different extractions depending on what, what what's going into it. So if you think about um, clove, which you mentioned, totally different texture from fresh orange peel. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to extract those because the permeabilities are different. They're going to want to be extracted at different levels of alcohol. Um, this is where a little bit of that art and some of the chemistry comes into play. We, we think about this from a very culinary standpoint. How are we going to get the most flavor and aromatics out of it? Um, and uh, yeah, so we start with cane, 20 separate vessels, proof down to different levels depending on the, the herb. And there's there's 20 uh, herb spices, flowers, roots, seeds, and citrus that go into San Agrestis Amaro. Hmm. Um, the cedar wood or sandalwood that you were alluding to, and and you said that there's some things that maybe aren't, they're on the tip of your tongue that you recognize them, but you can't identify them. Yeah. I think that's one of the fun things about San Agrestis Amaro as opposed to a lot of the Italian Amari is that for the American palate, there is a lot of familiarity. We might not immediately recognize the flavors, but I think that's part of the fun is that it transports you somewhere. Uh, I had someone taste San Agrestis Amaro, close their eyes and say, I am in my grandparents' living room in minnesota it's 1972 i could hear the tv on and i'm drinking a root beer and i'm like well the- oh, for sure the finish on that absolutely like the sarsaparilla kind of uh that, exactly. that tingle you're getting in your mouth yeah 100 yep. percent. yeah and i always refer to sarsaparilla as a snapping botanical because we recognize that flavor as americans we all yeah. we've all had our, a root beer depending on where you are in the country a, a root beer um but <laughs> we've 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 had them but we don't drink it every day. So it's not like we immediately have a recall to the root beer we had last week. Some people I'm sure do, but it's not something that every adult in America drinks every day, but we all drank them growing up. So, uh, there's it's, it's so, so to your, if you, sorry to interrupt you, but I, oh, I, I have to, I, I can't miss this one. So I don't know if you remember, uh, and I don't know if it was a and W or who did it, but they were these little candies that were individually wrapped and they mm. were the little like whiskey barrel looking mm-hmm. candy, but they were root beer flavored candies. This is, that is totally. Cause I was thinking for a minute, I was like, I'm getting licorice, but it's not really licorice. And I'm like, is there some fennel there? But as soon as you said root beer, right. I mean, if you take it from, uh, from lips to the finish, it, it is a, total root beer experience man that's uh yeah which, which is fun to share and drink with other people so you can talk about uh, what you may be missing or not thinking about yeah and and i think that's like you know part of the uh i, I don't know if you want me to or not but i'm gonna keep bringing it back to bourbon because i do drink a lot of bourbon <laughs> myself and like the experience of drinking bourbon is is in many cases i'm a cigar smoker too mm-hmm. smoke a cigar take a sip of whiskey. I like a lot of barrel strength stuff. So add a drop of water, have a conversation about what's changed since you added that drop or second drop or whatever. Uh, and it's, it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be, a. Oh, wow. Where are we going? Oh yeah. Those are the candies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. I thought my, no, it's okay. I just, I, I don't know why I thought my computer, something was happening. Um, but, uh, he, he does, he does that just to throw you off that way. We sound smarter. That's it. That's it. I love it. I love it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that there's an, there's an element of like, 
you know, in America, we didn't, we don't have this culture of drinking a digestivo, right? Like in Italy and Europe, yeah. they pour a digestivo, but we kind of do. It's, it, it, there's a little, there's this American culture of like after dinner, the boys club as it, as it was, and it's changing now, you pour some whiskey, you smoke a cigar, that like that culture of like, it, it, it is the same. It's just, we celebrated it differently. And right. I think there's an overlap between that ritual as a, as an American culture and the way the Europeans did it. And, uh, and I, I love seeing these two worlds collide because they're two worlds that I enjoy a whole lot. Well, we mentioned it earlier. I, I think it's just a timing thing, right? I mean, look at the infancy of the of the U.S. compared to you know Italy and Europe and the rest of the world. I think that you know I think it's going to get there. It's it's going to catch up. It's just you know it, it's a tradition that existed. I mean, it had to get created at some point, but it's a tradition that existed that you know kind of got brought over. Then you know we went through a lot of challenging times for alcohol in the U.S. So you know those things couldn't necessarily. Uh, mature in the same sense that they were already established in, right? I mean, it was a hidden, uh, hidden process, and in, in, you know, in a lot of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of periods of time, you know, in, for for us. So, uh, but yeah, to your point, I mean, th this is fantastic. I can totally mm -hmm. see throwing this back with a cigar. Uh, it does make a fantastic Black Manhattan, by the way. Uh, so, question: You mentioned bourbon. If you were gonna, if you were gonna have a black Manhattan and you were gonna use Saint Agresta Samaro, what would be your bourbon of choice mm, for that fun. Manhattan? Hmm. I think something at about like bonded proof. You know, somewhere at like that hundred, hundred, right in that hundred ish mark. Um, and I like, I like a high rye to complement the spice. Sure. Uh, so almost. I mean, now you're going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a bourbon drinker, but I'm, I'm no bourbon expert, okay. but I'm going to say something. Maybe, 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 maybe I'm wrong here. Some, someone's going to call me on it. At no. some point. But, but I think most things from MGP would fall into that category, that high rye content, uh, bourbon. Uh, and there's obviously a lot of different mash bills that those guys are rocking and rolling with. But, um, uh, I, I like as far as a, a brand, uh, you know, it might be a rye bourbon 50 50 even you know some okay. sort of written house uh and like a medley brothers or even like a Ooh. mellow corn type of thing would be fun. Oh, so so i didn't i didn't try this shit with mellow corn but uh definitely gonna do that i wonder if you saw that on my shelf it's hiding so you didn't i don't think you can see it back there uh so the black manhattan that i made this with i, I didn't use a bourbon i used a rye whiskey from uh kind of your neighbors, probably, uh, at least they're in Brooklyn, uh, New York distilling. Uh, we did, uh, we did a pick with Alan Katz back, nice. uh, back later last year, earlier last year. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was like a 111, 112 proof ish. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just like uh, chilled it. Yeah. Could, yeah. Could, couldn't like the, the Amaro and, uh, and I hadn't drank a lot of black Manhattans until I'm like, eh, what kind of cocktails am I going to start whipping up with this? And, uh, it came out really nice with that rye. So, so good, good, good stuff. Ragtime rye and San Agresta Amaro are made like about a mile, <laughs> not even a mile from each other. I mean, uh, yeah, not even a mile from each other. Uh, and I guess the only, other, the only other thing I'll say on the black Manhattan is it's a nice cheat for someone who doesn't necessarily drink a lot of cocktails because, Unlike vermouth, which does have a shelf life of about a month, refrigerated uh, once you're, especially once you're like halfway through the bottle, 
San Agresta Samaro is 30% alcohol and has no wine element to it. So hmm. you could you could deplete that bottle without having to have to check on, you know, the oxidation level of your vermouth or be worried that it's out of whack. Um, and it has a lot of those Angostura like spices for like your, your aromatic cocktails. Um, so, yeah. You mentioned this is, so the Amaro is 30 proof. Is there a 30%, uh, sorry, 60 proof, 30%. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. 60 proof. So my ignorance, is there a, um, uh, I mean, is there a, a, a standard proof point uh, or ABV that Amaro has to be? No. Uh, again, there, there are Amari that uh, are wine-based and sit at that 16 17% vermouth-like levels. Uh, Aperol, which of course could or could not be considered Amaro, depending on who we're speaking to, is only 11% alcohol. Um, and then you have other... Um, Amari or even Amari-like things that are north of 50% alcohol. Um, so, yeah, the spectrum's very, very wide. Uh, there's there's no rules about Amaro. The word Amaro is totally unregulated. Uh, that's why I can be in Brooklyn making Amaro, but someone in Italy couldn't make bourbon. Um, <laughs> we've protected our, our word bourbon, but no one in Italy uh, decided, ever thought that there was a need to protect the word Amaro. And at this point, there's so many people calling them their, their stuff Amari. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Wouldn't, wouldn't hold up. Yeah. No, wouldn't work. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I'm going to totally derail us here on a couple things. I uh, hope, hope you're good with that. Um, so um, why, um, why 60, why 30 ABV or 60 proof? What, why did is, and, and is it, is that always the case and has it changed? So Santa Gressa Samara has always been 30% alcohol, 60 proof. Now, I th across the board, so the, the Inferno Bitter is 24%, 48 proof. The Paradiso Aperitivo is 20%, 40 proof. Now, you, if you look, take a look at our logo, which you can see right on the, on the cap of our bottle, and I'll hold, I'll hold it up. Um, yeah, she, uh, Santa Gressa is, uh, there, you there go. we go. Uh, Santa Gressa is in, in one hand holding kind of like an elixir and in the other uh like a an herb yeah, a grain herb or herb yeah. Yep. yeah um the it's almost in scale like balance and i think that the thing about amari and in many cases depending on your balance of bitterness to sweetness in in correlation to your your balance of booze those three things all come to balance on the palate and my goal for everything that we make is is balance. Now, it's on a bitter end of the spectrum, but there's sweetness to balance out that bitterness. And then levels of alcohol can totally dry out the palate or make it a, a more more alcohol, the drier it, it, it is on your palate, the less alcohol. We know this from drinking high-proof spirits. You drink something hot, it dries out your tongue immediately. Um, so... It's all about balance of bittersweet, and and the the producer is always going to make their decision on if it has more alcohol, will it be more what I'm looking to produce? Uh, the higher in alcohol, usually the more like after dinner digestivo style. Lower in alcohol, generally speaking, might be more of a before dinner drink, either over ice or with prosecco or mixed into a, a cocktail. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's just because if it's the last thing you're drinking, which is how a digestivo is really intended to be consumed, 
you're you're not blowing out your palate for whatever you're drinking next. It's not right. like it's not like that you're you're drinking something totally intense and then you're having a delicate glass of wine after. Uh, you would have had the glass of wine before you had the Amaro. Mm-hmm. You mean like that we're getting ready to go to the Inferno Bitter and Dan opted to start with the Amaro? Kind of like that. <laughs> Dan didn't start. You guys started talking about it. Uh, so, so, so last question, probably not the last one, but uh, just one more for the um, – and by the way, we didn't talk about these little pins yet. We got to talk about that. that wasn't the question though. Uh, so are you uh, like, once the product is ready to go, it not bottled, uh, is it going into a barrel? Yeah. Yeah. So St. Agrestus Amaro does go into X bourbon barrels. Um, we got, we have barrels from all over the place. We have some local barrels. We don't have any from ragtime, uh, but we have, we have, uh, we have ex bourbon barrels from Heaven Hill. We have ex bourbon barrels from Four Roses. Uh, we have we have bourbon barrels from probably a dozen different different bourbon. Uh, Alan, Alan, you're right next door, bud. Just, uh, just you know. <laughs> it turns out it turns out the bourbon guys are getting rid of their barrels faster for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we uh, we have we have Barton's barrels. We have barrels, you know, we probably have about 40 barrels at this point, um, uh, filled with Amaro and those, those, yeah, that, that process is, has been extended. It, it, it at first was actually going into another bourbon brand here in, in New York called Van Brunt Stillhouse. If you're familiar with those guys, uh, their barrels are smaller. And as we grew, we needed bigger, we needed bigger, you know, full size, 50, 50, 55, yeah. yeah, and, uh, we, we started sourcing, you know, barrels from Spaceside Cooperage, which is down in Kentucky. Yeah. And, uh, we, we have, uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've kind of evolved and grown. Now, the cool thing about, uh, the process for us is because we extract everything separately, the nuance of each barrel isn't necessarily what we're trying to impart onto the MRO. Although we've done a couple single barrel picks for, well, like for I said, I, I can't even ask the question, man. You're, you're getting them out too fast. <laughs> uh, there's some really cool retailers out in the world who, you know, thanks to the boom and people being interested in single barrel bourbon, they're yeah. like, let's do some other stuff. And we've done some single barrel selections of, of Amaro and yeah, there's some nuanced difference depending on our, our ceilings are about 20 feet tall. So if you're way up high and the humidity of the summer has taken a toll on the Amaro barrels, uh, or if it was, you know, more of a winter aging, we're at about six months aging on the, uh, on the Amaro at this point, it was at one point a a 10 week process, but we tend to see that, uh, a lot more of that, like licorice note that you identified it, that's yep. coming from fennel seed. Um, mm-hmm. there is fennel seed in there. So you, you nailed it. You did say fennel. Um, but a lot of that kind of characteristic is really, it's really upfront when it first goes into the barrel and then it sort of starts to play nicely with the rest of the botanicals, uh, after 12 weeks and throw another, throw another two months into the process. And, and it really sings as like a uniform adventure on the palate. But, uh, we've extended the aging out to six months. We also, you know, we, we were, we were figuring out what we were doing and running out of a morrow for the first year. So we had to, uh, we had to learn how to, you know, build up some inventory of it. Well, we hopefully that was running out due to barrels. sales. Yeah. Hopefully it was running out due to sales. So let, let's uh, we'll leave it at it that. It was, it was yeah. thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So is, is there, so, so we went from weeks to now months. 
Um, and, you know, uh, how, how do they say it? Uh, time in a barrel is money. It could mean more money in your pocket or it could mean less money because uh, obviously there's some evaporation going on there. And, the, you know, the yield uh, could get lower is is six months. You know what you're finding now is your sweet spot. Have you got some stuff that's still sitting on barrels that's older that you're thinking about? OK, when do we go longer or is it a hey, we need product on the shelf and we'll get there at some point? We've um, tested out the concept of of bringing out our original package again as like a, a vintage, and what, what we would we'd call it as a reserva, like a reserve release of of, yep. of our Amaro that was in barrel for a long time. We have some barrels that have been going for for quite quite a while, but they um they aren't necessarily uh we're not necessarily going to release them like that. Uh, you know, it turns out in Amaro, I, I feel like. Uh, there are probably some spirits being produced in the United States that aren't called bourbon or rye mm-hmm. that have two, three year age statements on them because they aren't necessarily flying the way bourbon and rye flies. So people aren't, are tempted to pull them out of the barrel and make their, make their money on them, but also because they can pull them you know, earlier or later, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much that age statement and what right. I do uh, that, it's uh, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword for a whiskey producer, right? Because the longer you wait, the longer you can fetch, the more you can fetch, maybe the, the better the product ends up being. Uh, for us, it's it's not quite that equation of age it for longer and and perhaps you know premiumize it because Saint Agresta Samaro is Saint Agresta Samaro is Saint Agresta Samaro. When we released the one that said ten weeks or that was ten weeks, it didn't say it on the label uh, versus six months now. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, that's that's a big difference. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, gotcha. Yeah, no, no yeah, not, not a, a yeah. In it just was uh, you know curious as to what you guys were. Uh, you know, if you were experimenting or playing around with that. But where I do want to go, I talked about it earlier. Um, so take us, uh, take us to Inferno, man. Cool. So Inferno and Paradiso are kind of like two juxtapositions. I, I sent you Inferno as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, no, ball. no. I've, I've got Inferno, but I, I mean, I mean, Paradiso. No, no, we didn't get Paradiso. I didn't send you Paradiso. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk about okay. Inferno. So we just, we just recently released the Paradiso. I'm throw up the not, kind of like I don't want to freak you out. So I'm going to throw up on the screen here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm very easily startled. Um, St. Agrestus Inferno bitter, uh, which is, boom, right there looking pretty, is uh, is our sort of tribute to Campari. Now, what we decided when we released this is that we didn't want it to be like a kind of like knockoff version of Campari, which we've seen some people launch in the US with these lower price points. And then you'd mix it up into a cocktail and you'd be disappointed by it. Maybe on its own, it actually was pretty enjoyable, but if you mix it up into a Negroni, it fell short. Um, what we really wanted to do was kind of create what, Campari used to be before it became as big and successful and commercial as it has. And that I say that with all respect to Campari, we make things in a way that Campari couldn't possibly make them given its size. Um, We are hand extracting botanicals and, and uh, using all natural colorants, things that just don't make sense when you're, when you're a multiple billion dollar organization. Um, now, not everybody in America knows that Campari is 
is as big as it is. Uh, your audience would know it when we start to talk about the brands that they own, like, for example, Wild Turkey and right. Sky Vodka. Uh, it's a big organization. Um, for us, I had the pleasure of tasting vintage Campari from from the 1960s. And mm. I was blown away by it. I felt, wow, this is this is something that the world needs to know what it tasted like. And I I I felt like a Negroni with this would have more floral elements to it than a Negroni made with modern Campari. Uh, that backbone was that bitter backbone was was there. It was it was similar, but there were all these citrus and and floral nuances that. That didn't happen from being in a bottle. If anything, they might have changed over time, but not becoming more vibrant as far as citrus and, and, and floral notes. So St. Agrestus Inferno Bitter was really designed to have some of those spice elements, floral elements, and and citrus elements, keeping that bittersweet balance there that that Campari has has sort of you know evolved away from in in as a result of of its massive success um and and born in 2019 was was our inferno bitter which was actually sort of pre-launched in our negroni for a year we launched a negroni a year before kind of because and and you you nailed this i mean you said cal that that you tried other things in the past and they didn't necessarily work as an alternative or a substitute for Campari. So we wanted to launch our Negroni first to kind of prove that it works in a Negroni. Drink our ready-to-drink Negroni. Love it. But you can't get the aperitivo yet when you when 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 we feel like we're ready to and the Negroni is established itself, we'll release the the inferno bitter and that was that was you know for better or worse to the day we, we launched it a year after the negroni launch hmm. and there were some people who were waiting for it i mean i walked into yeah. a retailer in in brooklyn and, and there were actually people like is that the inferno bitter oh that's awesome yeah uh it is yeah um so it it, it worked on our on our own on our own level it worked um but yeah, uh, that, that's, I know. It, that's it, worked, it worked so damn. It worked so damn good that you said, "Shit, let's put this in a box and you can just uh, tap it in the fridge." Man. Come on, <laughs> stop being modest. I mean, you you you've really done and like no kidding. So if I and I know I'm cutting you off a little bit midstream, but I, I there's so much oh, no. that I that uh, that I want to get into and and uh, you know to be respectful of your time. So you know, going back to the. Um, uh, to the, the dated Campari, vintage Campari. We'll, we'll go with that term. Um, and you said you'd had something, I think you said the sixties, right. That you, that you had tasted. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I had a seventies, uh, back in October prior to just in, in, you know, in, in, in all transparency prior to tasting, uh, St. Agrestus, I can't wait. Now, he ain't sending me any damn Campari to taste on my own. I'm going to have to take St. Agrestus to him, and he's in New Mexico. So, so, But I will get to taste side by side. And and I think, uh, uh, what did we ask Horanic? Uh, I don't know. Horanic was somewhere, and he bought like a, I forget what you call, like the huge, like 3.75 liter uh, bottle. I don't know. It's, it's got like a unique name to it. Uh, anyway, it, it's it's not a Magnum. It's better, bigger than a Magnum. Mm -hmm. And Horanic had posted about it, and I said, "Hey, it, I've never tasted vintage Campari. Is there a, a, is there really a difference?" 
Well, he was, of course, being the smart ass that he is, he said, come to Brooklyn and uh, I'll let you taste it. Right. So so I, I didn't know it up until in New Mexico, uh, you know, a few, several months ago, I tasted vintage Campari beside of current release Campari. And, you know, as, as you're describing this and you're talking about, uh, I, I think the best thing that I took away from that was it's there's lots of similar tastes that you're going to experience, but it's that backbone. And, and when I said that it's hard, yeah, there's cheaper stuff. And, you know, it's not necessarily that, that when I was looking and, and looking for options that I'm looking for something cheaper, as you can see, I mean, I, I like to experiment with different things. Right. And, and it's not, you know, I mean, what you like, the, you know, the best thing to drink is what you like to drink and the way you like to drink it. And, but this is, I mean, I'm still, I've still got, the bitters kind of popping in my mouth, mm -hmm. even after starting with the 60 proof Amaro and now going to this, I, which actually I, I probably would have gone the other way and started with Campari and gone to the Amaro, but there's things that the bitters in the mm -hmm. camp, uh, in the, uh, in, in the Inferno mm -hmm. are pulling out of the Amaro that I don't know that I would have gotten if I would have done it the other way, but didn't, and I'm sure it flip flops. So complex. So, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and I think if you tasted St. Agrestis Inferno bitter beside modern Campari, I do, I do this fairly regularly in a bar. I call it the Pepsi challenge because it kind of is, right? <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people, I think because of its brightness and complexity, um, people immediately say it's not as bitter as Campari. But if you actually taste them side by side, it is as bitter as Campari. It's just got other perceptual things happening hmm. yeah. that aren't just bitter and sweet, which again, I love Campari. This is not a knock on Campari, no. but Campari is very much bitter and sweet and herbal. The Inferno bitter is, is bittersweet, citrus, floral. No, no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think what you've done, right, and, and I guess the reason I was referencing the, uh, you know, the, the vintage release uh, was that it's bitter, sweet, but there's uh, there's a balance that kind of encompasses that bittersweet, and you can start to pick it apart versus what we're drinking today, uh, you know, and not... not um, I think the balance uh, is a maturity kind of thing, right? In yeah, not saying aggressive, yeah. but I'm saying in, in the current release Campari, I think that they've gone to, and again, I, I think it's a, a volume, right? It's a, it's, it's, it's a demand thing of what they have to produce and, and to keep it at a price point that still isn't necessarily cheap. Um, that, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, we got to, we got two things we've got to accomplish. We got to accomplish sweet and we got to accomplish bitter and nine out of 10 times, it's going to be mixed with something else. So it's going to mask a lot of the, the balance is going to come from everything that it's blended or mixed with where, you know, again, as uh, you know, just as on ice or throwing it into a little sparkling water, throw an orange on top of it. I mean, this is, this is going to hold up like other bitters on the shelf haven't held up for me. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, great work, man. Appreciate that. And yeah, uh, it's funny because as, as it is designed to go into a Negroni uh, or, or any classic cocktails that would call for it, Americano, Spagliato, um, Jungle Bird, uh, these great drinks. And it, it is an awesome option for those cocktails. But in the summertime, after a meal, 
I'd rather have St. Agrestes Inferno bitter over a big cube with a lemon twist over oh, it. Yeah. Right. It's it's but it's got all those same digestive characteristics, that bitterness to it. Uh it's it's middle of winter, so I got a little ways to go before that's as refreshing as it sounds. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think to do that with Campari necessarily. So it does it yeah. does have that versatility to it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Great stuff. So uh, I don't know if we want to get in if we want to crack these open. Or yes, not. Let's, are, of course are, are, are you uh, are you dry Januarying? I don't see you drinking. I'm not dry January, no, uh, but I'm not drinking either. And that's because I just wasn't necessarily sure. Sometimes I start slurring my words and cursing and I just had no, I had no idea if you wanted me to do that or not. Yeah. Please start cursing. Yeah, please. I mean, if you don't, <laughs> hell, you're going to make us look, you're going to make us look bad, but it's, I'm, it's, uh, I mean, so, so we can get right, into, so here's the- what I'm going to do. I'm going to pour myself some, some whiskey and it's going to take me like 30 seconds because talking to you gentlemen and seeing what's over your shoulder uh, what, what, has, what are you gonna pour what are you gonna pour what am i gonna pour you know what i should pour i should pour the barrel release i see a lot of barrel bourbon up there you good what are you, um, you doing seagrass i was gonna do the same aggressive tomorrow barrel finished whoa 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 okay okay now you're bragging and showing off <laughs> and you could have at least said a say i didn't even know that there was one out there to be honest with you, I don't think I, I don't think there's any left. I I, I would have sent you some. Uh, do you guys know Will Stragus? My boy Will Stragus. We're gonna have to put him on blast over this because yeah. he's the guy who he's the guy who should have made this happen. Uh, uh, I couldn't. I I, I didn't want to go rifling through the the whole the whole situation, so I I grabbed this. Oh, we love that this, stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is this is batch four. So this is this was a while ago, probably like twenty. 16. See, you're, you're going to get me drunk before next hey. recording. And I'm going to be like, hey, we're talking with the guy, guy up in later tonight. That's been playing song. this weekend. The oh, PGA tour. Song. He's going to be loaded for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I said I was, uh, I went from not drinking to drinking 116 proof. So. Uh, you said you were having batch four. I'm going to go for uh, batch 19 is as close as I can get. And I'm at a hundred and, uh, I'm only at like 112, so I'm going to have a I, I know I should be drinking your stuff, but I feel like I'm going to cheat. We're just going to talk about it. We're going to sip bourbon. How do you feel about oh, that? Oh, you're talking Dan, about his Dan, ready Dan to mix. Dan yeah. the cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan may get yeah. the cocktails. Um, all right, so, so let's talk about some fun stuff. I mean, I'm sure you get to talk, and I know it's a plug for St. Agrestis, and I don't mean to take over. Oh, a couple things. I'm going to finish the rest of this um, Inferno Bitters, which, cool. again, this is uh, if you if you drink any Boulevardiers, that's what I'm uh, drinking. That's what I got. Negronis. I mean, if you're if you're into into a bitter, uh, that you know a three part cocktail. This is uh, you've yeah you, you've done a hell of a job here, man. I got a fun a fun little suggestion on the two that you already tasted before we start. And, yeah, and, let's do it. And and it doesn't we you can. You can talk. We can talk whatever you want. We don't have to. Don't feel like it's a Saint Agrestis plug exclusively. I'm I'm good with that. But it is it's just well. You know, I think I think I've made my point. Um, but uh, fun, really fun before dinner cocktail. Oh, I love for this, this for the for this, especially in the transition seasons. So that 
before winter turns to to spring uh right while it's happening equal parts saint agrestis amaro and saint agrestis inferno bitter Mm -hmm. topped with just soda water Mm. and garnish it with an orange twist over ice do like an ounce and an ounce, depending on how big your 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 uh, your Collins glass is. Now, there's this really amazing note that just happens in the glass, and it tastes like the last lick of a vanilla popsicle, where you're getting a little bit of that popsicle stick and some of that sweet vanilla ice cream as well. It's amazing. It's it's a fun thing. Look at you already doing it. You get that this, note? This was not planned, by the way. Um, yeah, I so uh, originally from East Tennessee, I'd call that a dream sickle. Dream sickle. <laughs> that's what. That's what we. I mean, that's what the. Uh, that's what the creepy guy in the van. Said it was. <laughs> and Cal said, "We'll yeah. take you up on it. We'll see you on April 1st. <laughs> um, yeah. It, so again, you know, as I mentioned, having the uh, having the inferno. After having the Amaro, it's it, it wouldn't traditionally be the way, right? That that you would have it because you're thinking, oh well, you know the uh, you know all everything that's coming out of this is going to overpower. I to me again, you know, we talked about you know drinking kind of some high proof stuff uh, earlier. It's I think if you've if you've been down the road, right, and you, and you've been kind of drinking and you're exploring, and and if you've been to Italy and you've uh, walked in and the guy, you know, cracked the cast sitting on top of the bar and they're aging their own and they're doing their own stuff, I think this is where you start to get kind of fun and yeah, that's that's a dream sickle in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice, man. yeah, absolutely. fantastic stuff, man, fantastic. Thank you so, very much. I, I don't, I don't want to skip out. Yeah. Uh, but yep. I, w- I want to talk some bourbon with you. Yep. Uh, so canned cocktails, uh, ready to drink cocktails, maybe is a, a preferred statement. I don't know. How do you, how do you frame these up, Lou? Those are, those are both canned cocktails. And I really, I really wanted to send those to Tia cause I think they're nice. Uh, they're nice golf course. Oh, yeah. uh, the nice <laughs> like, golf course guys, like, you know, this, this one baby is, uh, that, that one is that's, gonna, that actually that's, that's my, uh, front swing. Um, no, that's, that. <laughs> That's, uh, that's, that's about as good as it'll ever look, actually. Um, Clearly, you're not a bowler. <laughs> <laughs> so the gin and tonic is produced at the same distillery. Uh, it's not my, it's not, it's not our brand, not my brand, St. Agrestis, but I told you my business partner started a brand called, called Green Hook. Yep. Uh, and, and three that's amazing the, that's gins. That's gin though, right? Yeah, exactly. So he makes the tonic proprietary, you know, house made tonic and mixes it with his gin. And those guys are fun on a golf course on a hot summer day. Just chill those cans down right out of the can, 12% alcohol. So while they're small, they're mighty. Um, yeah, they hit. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think it's, so do you know the distribution? I mean, I don't, you don't need to start rattling States off, but I mean, are like predominantly the contiguous 48 or limited. Uh, for Green Hook, it's a little bit more New York centric. Okay, uh, yeah, because I don't, I, I haven't seen the brand, and and maybe I've overlooked it, not intentionally, just you know happenstance, but uh, but yeah, I haven't seen that. And can we order everything that we've been talking about or are going to talk about? That is proprietary too. Um, uh, Saint Agrestis and or Green Hook can all these be ordered online and shipped to most of us? Yeah, to most states. Um, yeah. There's. There's a few states, some outliers, uh, but generally speaking, it, it, yeah. it's worth a look because you can probably get it. Yeah, D- Dan, where'd you say you are? Raleigh, North Raleigh, Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. 
North Carolina's tough. Uh, yeah, it's a funky one. Yeah, yeah, it's a funky one for sure. Like North Virgi- Carolina's a funky one. Alabama's a weird one. Virginia, like the controlled states are challenged. Utah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you could, we can ship to 33 states. Uh, okay, gotcha. 33 states. Um, we could actually ship to Alaska, but it's very expensive to do so, so we don't do it. Um, but 33 of the 48 contiguous we ship to. Yeah. And, and you've got two canned cocktails right now or ready to drink cocktails. You've got the gin and tonic and the spritz, Brooklyn, the spritz. Well, this will keep the skeeters away. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so I, I got a, well, Dan actually had a question and I know he's not going to ask it. So I'm going to ask it. Okay. It's, it says that the spritz, the St. Agresta spritz, mm. Brooklyn, New York is a wine specialty, grape wine with natural flavors. Dan wanted to know red or white. Well, I haven't opened it yet. Yeah. So that is the grape, which would become Prosecco. Uh, Why we had to refer to it as grape wine is a question for the TTB or the federal government who forced <laughs> forced it to, to say grape wine specifically. Okay. Um, but the the grape that would become Prosecco is called Galera, G-L-E-R-A. And that, that grape... Um, we have a, a supplier in Italy who is a Prosecco producer that instead of making all of their wine into Prosecco, they hmm. pick the Galera grapes, they vinify it, and then they ship it to us still. We combine it with the Paradiso Aperitivo, which for some reason I didn't ship to you. And I'm sorry about that. We've, we've, we left that off the package. I apologize. We'll, 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 uh, we're not complaining, sir. We'll, we'll get, get it to we, you. We can, we can chat again. That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. We'll get it to you for sure. I, 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 especially because I was like really looking forward to talking about a paper plane cocktail, which Ooh. it's awesome. And well, I've got, I, I, well, and I've got a, um, I've got an episode of me actually making a paper plane, which I think is a fantastic cocktail. Uh, I did not get drink. a chance to make it with, uh, with St. Agrestus, but I have a feeling I will in the near future. Yeah, you 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 certainly will. But uh, uh, where 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 I was going with that? Spritz is good, right? Yeah, really good. The goal the goal with the spritz is really to have it be. uh, Oh, so we combine our Paradiso Aperitivo with that sparkling or that still wine, and then carbonate everything together, um, creating kind of like a a fully carbonated canned spritz as opposed to having mixed still liqueur and carbonated water, carbonated sparkling wine. Um, But the goal with that spritz is that it would be a kind of elevated alternative. You graduate from drinking an Aperol spritz to looking for something a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more bitter. And when you graduate, you can graduate to a St. Agrestus spritz. They're awesome over ice. I prefer it over ice, whereas I prefer the green hook gin and tonic just out of the can. Um, But, you know, they're portable and easy. So whatever... Whatever, wherever you're drinking and however you're drinking, I think uh, teach his own. Well, they're great in a golf cart. That's that's that's, that's key. So yeah. they're definitely great in a golf cart. You can fit a lot of cans into a cooler. Too. That's right. Get a lot of these cans in a cooler. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think. Um, I mean, again, I, I'm a huge fan, Negroni guy. Uh, you know, have been for some time. I think it's because I'm a shitty cocktail maker. I shouldn't say that. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an, I'm not an advanced 
cocktail maker. So anything that has three ingredients and you can pour them in equal parts and throw uh, one garnish in there, uh, you know, I'm like, well, look how fancy I am. You're kind of like a rock and roll cocktail maker. It's like three chords, three spirits, or three ingredients, you know, like a rock and roll kind of thing, like an 80s kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did yeah. Thurgood say? He said, can you, pl- can you, can you play everything in G? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a hard, hard to screw up that chord. Uh, all right. So uh, we, I swear I want to talk some bourbon with you, but I, I have to. So this went off. This was on fire, obviously. I threw the uh, spritz the, on the, ice real quick. The, Cal. The I, threw bottle, a, I threw the spritz on ice and it's fantastic. Yeah. So the bottle Negroni was so damn was so damn good, and you can drink them so fast. Um, you decided to put Negroni on tap in the fridge. Ooh, was yeah. was that was that like a we have to do this? We're gonna do this. Let's see if it works. Uh, what what said yes? All right, so I got a little story here, and I'll make it I'll make it quicker than some of the other stories I've told. But the uh, the Saint Augustus. Uh, launch outside new york so it happened in california first and then it happened in in minnesota and in 2018 i'm out visiting our minnesota distributor and they're 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 doing a great job they've sold a lot of amaro it's still like our third best market for saint agrestis is minnesota is minnesota uh we have a great a great partnership with the distributor called the wine company out there. They're amazing. Uh, but beyond that, we also, uh, we, we also, I, uh, this, th- there's just a cool thing happening in that market right now with food and drink and they love yeah, great herbal. Scene, yeah. 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 It's an awesome scene. Uh, but the, we're out and about, we walk into this big, you know, humongous liquor store and, and it's, it's literally 10 times the size of liquor stores that I'm used to here in New York city. And, uh, and, the, the store manager holds this bottle up and he's like, I love this Negroni. It's awesome. We brought it in two weeks ago. Thank you so much for making it. We're super excited. We've had some customers who are falling in love with it one by one. But uh, why are they so small? I'm like, well, it's a single serve Negroni. That's the right size. You know, it's 100 ml. It's, it's 3.4 ounces. That's that's what it should be. Yeah. And he's like, He's like, but you're in Minnesota and maybe in New York city, it's different, but in Minnesota, we like things bigger and not necessarily smaller. And I was like, all right. So he's saying this. And as he's saying this, I'm literally looking over his shoulder at a case stack of bag and box wine. And I'm like, Oh man, that's the format. Oh, lost him. Because there's this connotation around bag and box wine that it's cheap and it's, it's, it's crappy. Um, I didn't want to associate with that negative connotation. Fast forward to 2020, a pandemic hits and uh, we, we couldn't possibly have imagined the response to the, to the Negroni bag and box release. We uh, we've slightly rebranded it to Negroni fountain uh, because you know, again, that bag and box connotation isn't exactly strong. The Negroni is of obviously you guys know it's of excellent quality. We bartender cocktail bar quality Negroni. Um, so we went with amazing ingredients. So we wanted to kind of amplify the vibe around that cocktail more than it just being a bag and box Negroni. Now it's your Negroni fountain, throw it in your fridge and you got a Negroni on tap anytime you want. Uh, so we launched that summer 2020, um, which, which was 
it was nuts. I mean, uh, our brand has been lucky enough to get a lot of press across the board, but the press for the bag and box Negroni was nuts. It was like every day, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Food and Wine, Bon Appetit, everybody was writing about it because awesome. it was weird and, and different. You, sir, have created your own luck. So, yeah, yeah, you're you're being modest again. So don't uh, don't don't short sell anything and and any uh, I'll say leaps of faith, for lack of a better term. Uh, but you, you know, you you've uh, I I don't I don't know we don't know what's happened behind the scenes that maybe didn't you know didn't make it to market or didn't produce. But everything that I'm seeing that you that you're doing. Uh, you know, I think some bold moves, right? I mean, with uh, with kind of doing the, uh, the the vintage bottle and, and the shape that it's in, I do. I think it sets you apart on the shelf. I think also maybe a reason that I didn't gravitate towards it is because it sets you apart on the shelf. And it's you know sometimes it's kind of like, is it is that is is it good or is it a marketing play? And you know, and and, and that's the bold move, right? And I, I think it's important that uh, you know we're able to. By the way, thank you for your time, mm-hmm. uh, and, and thanks uh, thanks for the offering. And you know, wait a granny with, and I said, well, hell, they're coming on the show. Let me go ahead and get, uh, get knee deep in this thing. And, uh, and, and I, and I think bold moves in, you know, where you're going, um, got, uh, you know, if you need a lapel pin, uh, you, you get one on every bottle and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to new things to come, which brings me to, before we get into a bourbon chat, uh, what's, what do we have to look forward to from, uh, from St. Aggressus, other than I don't know if we're getting into these cherries tonight, but uh, I do love a good cocktail cherry. Nice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Those uh, uh, those released in November. So that's our our second most recent release. We actually, for the folks who were participating or are participating in dry Mm. January. We just came out with this last week. So I, I didn't see the phony Negroni. Uh, hey, hey, that that was in a cute. bottle twice the size as a Negroni. That that was cute. I'm glad you didn't send me any. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I I feel like I sh- I feel I, <laughs> I feel like we should have released it on on April 4th or April 1st for April Fool's Day, but uh, we did not. Um, it's a real thing. It's a real market, and we respect it. I I I don't drink every night. I just drink six nights a week. So uh, on the seventh night, I I like having something like that to beyond that something cool to we're doing very soon and this is totally new for us and it's a new frontier and it's it's a very modern concept but we are starting what's called what's going to be called and i'm leaking this here this no one knows about this yet uh but what's going to be called the sinners and saints society and what that is is obviously our brand is saint agrestis the word inferno means hell in italian you see on the side there for sinners and saints there are other aperitivo paradiso paradiso is heaven in italian paradise uh we are going to be starting the sinners and saints society hopefully announcing it in the next month or so and what that what that'll be is the sinners and saints society is uh is going to be a a members only 
we we are starting to see this category it's it's come a long way since since 2014 when Santa Rest tomorrow started but we're really excited about some of the things that we've been test R&Ding over the years but haven't necessarily felt like it had full blown market three-tier system appeal across the country, but that people who are in the know and who are geeks about it might really want to get into. And uh, we have, we'll be doing a quarterly release uh, of something that you can only get if you're part of the this direct-to-consumer online club. And we'll throw some parties and do some things like that to, to also get our, our family of sinners and saints together. Uh, and uh, that's that's next. So it's not something you'll see on, on, the, on the shelf wherever you're going, but it is something that uh, hopefully we get some people really excited about because we got some cool concepts that are, uh, they'll be one-offs. And maybe we'll eventually release some of those down the road, especially depending on how how the uh, how the response is, but while they're while they're released for the club, they're going to be only found at our at sandagrestis.com. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be fun. Fantastic. So in case there's a password, you need a <laughs> mailing address, an email, a phone number. I don't know what else you need. A Podcast I, I episode. I, I, I know. I guess. I know. I know there's, a, there's a secret knock, but you got to do it like into the phone. There you go. <laughs> Hold on. I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. You're uh, in. I think I nailed it. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to be respectful of your time, sir. Uh, where can people find Louis and St. Agrestus and all the greatness you're doing? Where can they find oh, it at? Tough. And then we got some fun questions for you. Okay, cool. So, uh, sainagrestis.com uh, is the best place to find all things. Uh, obviously, if you Google St. Agrestis, you can get to sainagrestis.com. If you Google St. Agrestis and, and hit that little phone icon, that calls my cell phone, uh, which has been ringing a lot since we've been on the phone. But you shouldn't awesome. have told Dan that. <laughs> it's probably Dan but calling you the whole time. He hasn't time. answered yet. I, it's on it's on mute right now it's 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 a customer service flaw is that when i'm doing things there's no customer service line right now but i i like to have contact with anyone who's actually reaching out to us awesome. so eventually awesome. whether it takes an hour or two or whatever i get back to everybody but yeah that's an easy way to get in touch with me instagram st underscore agrestis uh i'm louis catazone on instagram it's not that exciting of an account but the saying agrestis one's more fun and if, when you get to sainagrestis.com, if you, uh, if you subscribe, we're not going to spam you. We'll send you some discount codes every now and then, some interesting stories, things like that. It's a, it's a pretty uh, hands-off joining of a newsletter. We're not, we're not here to ruin anyone's Tuesday because they got another email from St. Agrestis. That's not our vibe. So, love it. Love it. Uh, love it. Yeah. Please. Now, yeah. hit me with some weird questions. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking make my Tuesday better with some, uh, some great cocktails. So, mm. uh, you know. Just, just saying. Uh, all right, good. So, questions. Here we go. If you're not drinking, which I can't believe, number one, you didn't send us. Uh, is it Paradis Paradisioso? Just Paradiso. We didn't get Paradiso, which you keep bragging about. And number then number two, now you're drinking a barrel bourbon, finished bourbon, in a Saint Agrestus barrel. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm floored over here. I'm floored. We'll get back to it. That was not a question. That was only a statement, Louie. Only a statement. Uh, okay. Question. So you mentioned, you mentioned your, uh, you, you, you mentioned your, um, your follow through or your, your front swing. Uh, <laughs> and, and so are you a golfer? 
uh it's been a minute i uh i wish i had more time to to golf but i i've golfed uh, so do, but, well, do, do you like to play and would you go play yeah yeah it's a uh, okay it, it's I, I love golf it's a great oh. it's a great it's a great sport okay so it's um it's a two answer question kind of the same one uh in the area that you live you're in brooklyn right yeah so in in the brooklyn or you know city area uh favorite course go-to course and then um favorite course all time okay so keep in mind it's it hasn't been that much golf uh I've never golfed outside the area. I've never flown my clubs anywhere, or rented clubs somewhere exotic or anything like that. Although, man, it sounds good right now. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> so I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey, and we got a pretty nice golf course there. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 where I played my first golf. I didn't my my uh, my family didn't have a golf culture growing up. Uh, we had a, we had a work culture growing up. So I, uh, which is, it had its own benefits, but, uh, I didn't play my first golf until I was a senior in college. And on my first swing, I broke my buddy's driver head. It, it, it went, <laughs> it went further than the ball. Uh, and, uh, where, the way we played, there were consequences with, for such a, yep. for such a, uh, an action. So I, so. I yeah, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I love that course and I played on it years later after being able to hit the ball and not the ground first. Uh, and I love that course. So when I think about wanting to, to, to take, a a four hour walk around and swing some clubs. That's, that's kind of where I think about going. Now it's, it's kind of answering both questions. Cause so, so where would local. you, where would you go? If, if, if you were, if it was like, Hey, we got, we got a free trip. Here we go. Pick it. Where are you heading? Uh, somewhere where there's a, a rum distillery nearby. Sounds good to me. Mm. That way we could drink, drink some, drink some rum, maybe French Caribbean mm. rum agricole type of thing. Well, Let's go play some golf in Mar Martinique. Martinique. Mm. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds good to uh, me. I'm, I'm, I hear there's a, an Amaro, a rum finished Amaro. On this <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just making shit up, but I'm just saying. Uh, all right. So I, I got, I got more for you. I, I'll try to keep we, it. Quick. We got it. We got to keep it quick, Kyle. Here we go. I know. I know. I know. I know, I know, I know. Oh, yep. Yep. Let him go. Uh, uh, give me, if I'm going, if you're taking, uh, we're, Dan and I are heading up, uh, we're going to be there for a couple nights. I don't know. Maybe we eat in one night. Maybe we go out the next night. Where are you taking us to eat to showcase Brooklyn cuisine? Sure. Uh, I like that question. So that's something I do more often than golf. Um, first of all, I'd love to cook for you night one. I like that, that, that suggestion you guys get in, get comfy here. I'll cook for you. We'll, 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 we'll eat well. Uh, as far as Brooklyn cuisine now, there's, there's the staples. There's, there's a pizzeria a block from where I live called Lucali mm. famous. It's, it's the creme de la creme. It's awesome. Uh, so that's a fun one. It's BYOB. So we can bring whatever we want get mm. get 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 sauced up that way but there's i'm, I'm obviously so I, I my dad's from italy like i said my mother's italian american i grew up eating a lot of italian food it took for five years after i went out into the world independently i didn't touch italian food but there is a restaurant and now i eat a lot of it right but there's a there's a restaurant called locanda vini aioli and it's here in brooklyn and it's it's owned by this, this these incredible people uh the food is outstanding but the vibe is super old new york it feels like it feels like you're in the godfather part one Love um it. <laughs> and and it's 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 like 
but it's it's old school in a modern way and it's modern in an old school way and everything about it. it's in an old drugstore it's just amazing everything about the they make their own amari there too so the food the drinks the vibe everything about it is incredible uh i think it's i think it's a real uh it's a real good representation of of the best of brooklyn Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Louis Catazone, we got, uh, we got some things we got to catch up on at a later date, sir. But Round two. Now we have to drop. So can we, can we go ahead and say there's going to be a second date? I'd like to have a second date too. <laughs> <laughs> Louis at St. Agressus, uh, you're doing great things up there. Keep up the good work, sir. And uh, cheers for now, but we'll see you soon. Thank you gentlemen very cheers. much for your time as well. Cheers guys. Cheers. cheers.